Welcome to the creative brain of Dean Hawk. Get ready to be challenged, inspired, and equipped to become a better ministry leader. Hey, welcome to this month's podcast. This is Dean. I'm so grateful to have you joining me once again. Our uh, resources are always available for free. All of our sermons, sermon outlines, handouts, PowerPoints, sermon bumpers, uh, some great sermons, great sermon series available at deanhawk.com. I hope you'll take advantage of those resources. And if you enjoy this podcast, please share it with a ministry friend, a pastor friend. That would be awesome. And then I want to remind you of our Pastor 411. If you have any questions, would like to kick any kick the tires on any subjects, thoughts, or ideas, I am making myself available. There is no charge to um, uh, just for coaching. If you have questions, things you want to bounce off around staffing, I'd love to connect with you. We can do a phone call. We can do a Zoom, sit down, grab a coffee, and I'd be happy to brainstorm some ideas with you on some of the things that you're facing. So let's dive into this month's topic. We are talking about heads up, eyes open. And I would add everyone looking around. Uh, Easter is coming up next month, and it is always our prayer that we would see lots of people make decisions for Jesus Christ. And it was many, many years ago that I introduced this subject about this time frame Uh, It was probably about four to six weeks out before Easter that I wanted to make a cultural shift in how people got born again in our services. And we take a very bold, aggressive approach to leading people to Christ in our services. Now, one of the things that we experience in our church culture today is a lot of churches do not even give an invitation. I believe the church is one of the greatest fishing tools and nets to catch people with and bring them to Christ. And so what I want to do is, as I've talked in previous podcasts about the the uh, how to prepare for an invitation, but I want to go back to kind of the roots of why and how we do our bold invitations and just coach you through that so you can coach your staff, your team, and the people around you. And so first off... Um, uh, how often do we give an invitation in our services? Here's a way I would put it. In every service, every time we gather, we give a bold invitation for people to accept Jesus Christ. In 2023, we had 334 new commitments to Jesus Christ in last year. And so we want our members to know that if they bring a friend or a family member, that there's always going to be an opportunity for them to accept Christ. And when we, when we, this was back when the church was just a couple years old, I I felt somewhat like Goldilocks that I, I tried out several invitations and and altar calls and and tried to find the the, the fit that was for us. And what happened is um, sometimes I think we get so hungry and we want people to get saved so bad that sometimes we try and make it almost too easy and we do a disservice that maybe they think they're saved and they're really not. Maybe they think they're committed and they're really not. And so some of the things, some of the invitation styles that are out there, I've tried, done all of these, is the every head bow, 
every eye closed and no one looking around. And if you want to make a decision to accept Christ, raise your hand. Well, part of me does ask, and I, I challenge myself, what is this approach? Well, I want to make it easy for them to lift their hand so that you know they'll feel comfortable. Well, here's the challenge. If they're not comfortable making a bold stand for Jesus Christ in church, they're never going to make a bold stand on Monday when they go back to work, back to school. They're not going to live for Jesus then. And so um, uh, other, other ways, we'll, we'll, sometimes we'll see that as pastors, we will say, you know, everyone repeat this prayer. Uh, other, other churches, and, and I've done this as well, will say, hey, we'd like you to walk the aisle. We'd like you to walk forward. Um, sometimes we say, hey, if, if you'll lift up your hand, if you'll go with this person to the secret room, they'd love to pray with you in that prayer room. And in most of those situations, one of the things that happens is, and it's what I realized in the early years of our church, is people were watching me lead people to Jesus Christ. And, and they were watching me, but they weren't, they weren't doing it their, themselves. And, and the challenge is, is I don't want to sneak people into heaven. I don't want to sneak them in the doggy door, the side door, the back door. I want people to boldly walk into the front door of heaven and introduce them to a loving God, a good, good father, and a gracious uh, son of God named Jesus that will redeem them and wash them and cleanse them by the blood that he shed on the cross. And so uh, when we talk about the motives and the direction of, of choosing this path that that I'm going to explain in detail is the big motivation is, is that I saw that most Christians are sterile and they're only spectators of the faith. They're not doers of the word. In other words, they're comfortable in watching the pastor or uh, specific people lead others to Christ. But when you do a poll, I think it's close to 90% of Christians have never led someone to Jesus Christ. And here's the deal. Sheep beget sheep. It's really not supposed to be the shepherd. Now, as, as a lamb of God, as a follower of Christ, yes, I as a believer should be leading people to Christ. But in the context of the church, I believe sheep should be leading sheep. And I believe that if they will never be comfortable leading someone to Jesus in church where people are saying, I want to accept him, and they've raised their hand, they're never going to be comfortable in leading someone to Jesus out on the street, in the workplace, in school, in their neighborhood, or their community. And so if I can tee up the ball, make it easy for them to step in and lead someone to Christ, it is going to erratically ignite them in their walk with Jesus Christ. I am telling you, when someone has the privilege and the honor of leading someone to Jesus Christ and being a part of that miracle, it ignites them on the inside like never before. And so our approach and our invitation is somewhat of an in-your-face, very bold approach. And so I just want to run through the steps that I actually do. And I would tell you, as I shared in a previous broad broadcast last year, that 
it's just as important that you pray and prepare about what you're going to say in your invitation uh, that week of your sermon prep as your sermon prep itself. That don't just wing it, but be intentional and ask for the Holy Spirit's direction. But here are the big ideas. Are you ready? Here we go. Number one, you got to present the problem. Why do they need Jesus? Just a simple example, because the God that created the heavens and the universe wants a relationship with humanity. He wants a relationship with me. He wants a relationship with you. But the problem is, is he is a holy, pure, and undefiled God. And we as human beings have sinned, and we've made mistakes. And in our own self, we are not good enough. We are not qualified. Our sin disqualifies us from the presence of God. And the fact is that we can never do good enough, long enough, and live clean enough to qualify and be holy, as in God is holy, to have a relationship with him. So number one, present the problem. Number two, present the answer. God knew that this would be impossible for us. So out of his great love, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to take our place, to pay the price and the penalty for our sin so that we could be made right in God's sight, not by our works, not by our efforts, not by our good deeds, but it would be a free gift by the gift of Jesus Christ, that God would freely make us right, make us pure, and make us holy by that sacrifice of Jesus on the cross so that we could have fellowship with him. Point number three, lead him to a point of decision. But God has given each one of us a free will, a free will to choose or reject him, a free will that we can say yes to God or we can say no to God. And that's the choice and the decision that is in front of each is in front of each one of you. Number four, get them, get everyone to raise their hand. What are you saying? I want to get people, uh, because my ultimate goal is to get them to raise their hands so we can acknowledge they want to be saved, they want to recommit their life, and so I want to make it something that is natural, something that is part of they do what they do. So I might would say something to the effect of, uh, who in the room has ever made a mistake? Would you raise your hand? And everyone raises their hand, identifying that they're not the only one that has sin. I might say, uh, I might reach for my wallet and I might say, who wants a hundred dollar bill? Who wants a new car? That when we, and so then I clarify what the raising of the hand does. Raising the hand is not weird or awkward. It's simply saying, I want that. And then number five, one of the things that we don't do good as pastors is telling them what's going to happen. Because a lot of times I've seen invitations done where they say, heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around, raise your hand. And and the person thinks, okay, cool, I can do this all in secret. I'm going to get saved in secret. And then the communicator, the leader, the pastor says, now that you've raised that hand, would you please step out of your seat and walk the aisle? Uh-oh, I didn't know I was going to have to do that. You didn't tell me. And I've even seen pastors say, you back there in the blue shirt, left section, fourth row back, and they're having to point them out and bring attention to them. And and that becomes a real awkward uh, moment 
that I, as the candidate, was not expecting, did not know was coming, and I was a little bit blindsided. So here's what I do. I don't want to deceive them. I want to tell them. And here's what I share with them and tell them what's going to happen. I share with them that Jesus said, those that boldly confess me before men, I will boldly confess you before my Father. And if you're going to do this and you want to do it right, what's going to happen is I'm going to ask you to make a very bold declaration of your willingness, of your heart, that you want to make a commitment to become a follower of Jesus Christ and you want to be adopted into the family of God. And so what's going to happen? I'm going to go one, two, three. And when I hit three, if you're ready to make that decision, I want you to shoot your hand up, not halfway, not three quarters of the way. I want you to shoot it up high and I want you to hold it up. And here's what's going to happen when you raise your hand. When you raise your hand, the Bible says that when one comes to Christ, all of heaven celebrates. And so we here in Rock Family Church, in this auditorium, we're going to celebrate your decision. You're going to get a hero's welcome and a champion's reception. And once you raise your hand, we're going to have a person come to your row, to your chair, to your seat. You don't need to move, and they'll come and they'll lead you in a simple prayer to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Number six, we want to talk faith. We want to talk as faith is is speaking those things as not as though they were. And so I'll say something like, I'm going to count to three, and you are going to raise your hand. And when you do, do you see what I'm saying? I didn't say, and if you do, I'm speaking in the in the present tense, as though they're going to. And so you know you need to do this and that you want this. And I don't believe that you're going to let any demon in hell convince you and stop you. You know why? Because you're in a safe place. Because all of us have made mistakes. All of us have made that, made those, those same errors and mistakes in life. And many in this room are going to do what you're going to do and just have done what you're going to do in just a moment. They've said yes to Jesus, and they've made a bold declaration of their faith. And when you stand up for Jesus, he's going to stand up for you. Then, number seven, as I lead them in the countdown, I bring them to that point of decision of saying yes or no. Starting new or starting over. Get your hands out of your pockets. Get ready. This is your day. Today is your day of salvation. Today is a day you're never going to forget. Get ready. Here we go. One, get ready to raise your hand. Two, all right, come on, let's go for it. Three, raise your hand right now. And then number eight, when hands go up, my church begins to cheer, begins to celebrate. At that moment, when we see a hand has gone up on all of our large screens, the prayer slide that as the sinner's prayer goes up on all the screens, and then our people have been trained, not an altar care team, not an invitation team, that if you attend Rock Family Church and you are born again, we expect you to be a reproducing believer. And we expect you, if someone in your row and your section raises their hand, that you go to them and you lead them in the prayer. You introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Dean. I'm here to pray with you. What is your name? Oh, Bob, we go men to men, women to women. 
uh, Bob, would you please close your eyes and repeat this prayer after me? And then I've coached the people. Just go line by line on the screen and lead them in the prayer. If other believers have gathered around that person to pray uh, with them, um, then they recite the prayer following the one who's taking the lead. They recite the prayer with the actual candidate. And then we challenge our members that when they are done praying, we encourage them to get their cell number. That's why we keep it men to men, women to women, get their cell number. And could I contact you within 48 hours and check in on you, see how you're doing in your walk with God. And then we say, hey, here is a um, connection card. Would you fill this out? We'd love to get your name and record your decision for Jesus Christ. Now, at that point, we have a New Testament that we bring to them. We give them a New Testament Bible. Inside that Bible is a uh, card, getting started in your walk with God, that is telling them where to begin reading their Bible, tells them about our discipleship track and our discipleship classes that are available, and, and just gives them some key and anchor steps on how they can get started in their walk with God. Now, some people ask, what happens in the service while people are being prayed for? Do you dismiss Either myself or one of our pastors will come. Uh, typically, it's one of our associates will come to close out the service, and they'll say, hey, while they're being ministered to, let's just pray over all of those that have raised their hand. And they'll lead in a, in a prayer just to keep an atmosphere of prayer, keep the volume down. We don't want the band striking in too fast. And you, and you But in that situation, what if no one raises their hand? Then we use that as a teaching moment. If someone had raised their hand in your row or your section, here's what you would do. And we would coach them and teach them about the process. Now, this all sounds good, but the learning curve was challenging. And some of the obstacles that we encountered that I didn't expect to encounter, the big one was this, was a deer in the headlights look and kind of fear. It's like, <clears throat> oh no, petrified. People were literally petrified and leading someone to Christ. And so we had to get them over that fear. And so one of the things that we had to do is we would coach them in service. I taught on this for a couple of weeks. We would coach them in service, have them practice leading one another to Christ. In fact, in one of our volunteer gathering training meetings, we actually had people uh, practice leading one another, find a partner, lead that one to Christ, lead that one to Christ. Well, the woman had brought her husband. She served, but he didn't, but he came to the leadership gathering. And when uh, we were practicing, he actually got born again. He had never said the sinner's prayer and made an own, his own personal commitment. He'd been coming to church, but he hadn't made a commitment to Christ. So how do you start this kind of invitation in your church? What If you say, I want to shift and I want to do the bold, heads up, eyes open, everyone looking around, we're not going to sneak you into heaven. How do I make that shift? I'm going to tell you, don't do it this Sunday. You need to start teaching your staff, number one, getting your staff on board, getting your key leaders, your board, your elders, your, your small group leaders, getting this part of your DNA, then teaching it to your church. 
and having them practice, telling them to go home. Here's the sinner's prayer on a card. I want you to go home and I want to practice leading mom to Christ, leading your husband to Christ, leading your wife to Christ. We want you to get repetition makes us more comfortable. And then what do you do if no one responds to the invitation? Just um, here's what I would tell you. There is no shame when no one responds. You say, how do you know that? Because I felt ashamed. Well, I gave I gave this long invitation and no one responded. That's something that's out of our control. We simply give our best. And our challenge is, are, are we preaching like today might be the last chance for someone to accept Christ, or are we just dialing it in? Are we given an invitation because that's what we're supposed to do? Are we given an invitation because we're passionate about winning lost souls? And so what does the follow-up look like? As I mentioned, we give them a New Testament, encourage them to start reading with the Gospel of John. There's a card in there. We ask them to fill out their, our connection card to record their decision. And then when we have that information, they receive a follow-up phone call within 48 hours from one of our, our office and discipleship team members. And then they are matched, men to men, women to women, they are matched with a mentor who is going to track and follow with them and get them started in their new walk with Jesus Christ. One of the things that we challenge people is um, we want you to come back every Sunday for a year, that we've led you to Christ, and I know there are lots of good churches, but we're asking you to commit to come every Sunday. And then we're leading them into water baptism. 82% of those that get water baptized uh, stick in their faith and stick in their commitment to Jesus Christ. So we offer water baptism once a month. For us, it's the second Sunday. We make it part of our DNA, and it's part of our culture that we're seeing people born again, seeing people get water baptized, and we're making this part of our DNA. And here's why. One of the things that makes families stale and churches stale is when everyone grows old together and we're not having any new babies. But I'm going to tell you what keeps a family fresh. I've got I've got three grandchildren and potentially more and more will be in my future. And here's what I can tell you. Every time a new baby comes into my big and extended family, it brings excitement, it brings joy, it brings exhilaration, and that's what seeing people born again in your church will do. So, pastors, consider laying down the soft approach, consider the bold approach, consider the bold invitation that I love you enough that I don't want you to leave here thinking you're saved and, and you never have any intention of standing up for Jesus Christ, that if you can stand up for him today in church, I believe you can stand up for Jesus when you go back to work and you get out into the real world. So pastors, check out DeanHawk.com for all of our free resources. Thank you so much for listening. I pray over your Easter weekend, and I pray, please join me in prayer from coast to coast, north to south, east to west. Let's pray for supernatural, divine weather, no rain, no snow, no freezing fog, ice. We've had it all in, in previous years. Let's pray for good weather Easter weekend from Friday through Sunday. God bless you, pastors. We'll see you next month. Thank you for joining us today. 
For a free sermon series and teaching outlines by Pastor Dean, visit us at deanhawk.com. Be sure and join us next month as we continue our growth on leadership.